Are you ready to play social media ads? I am the person to talk to. Sharon Fox, MBA. You can find me on Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram. I'm all over Facebook. LinkedIn, Pinterest. Um, Look me up. Ask me questions. I am here to help. If you're interested in placing Facebook ads, social media ads, TikTok, anything that is revolving around social media, then send me a message and I promise to do you right. All right, so welcome to What the Fox. Today's episode, we are with Jillian Murphy, and she has a consulting um, business. We are going to talk with her a little bit about that. And so welcome, Jillian. Tell me a little bit more. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, My name is Jillian Murphy. I am a sales strategist and confidence closer. And yeah, we're going to definitely dive all into that today. Okay. And so just so that we kind of have the format down, um, I have a list of 50 questions for you to pick from. They start off easy, get harder as you go up. I'll end with the same four questions at the end um, that I ask everyone. So are you ready to get started? Super ready. All right. So pick a number between one and 50. 18. All right. So number 18, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Sedona, Arizona. How come? I just feel like it's like the most magical place I've ever been. I feel like energy is amazing there. And which is actually really funny because I'm like not a very like spiritual woo-woo person. But every time I have been there, I have just loved it. I've loved the energy. I've loved the people. And I don't know, I just feel like it's like a magical, magical, magical place. Or Myrtle Beach because my daughter lives there. Yeah, I like the beach section and stuff. I'm not as much of a desert person and everything, but I love the sound of Sedona, Arizona and the fact that it kind of rhymes. So it would be more like, oh, I could be there because it rhymes, but not. that would be the part that I would go for. Yeah. Um, Okay. And another number. 22. 22. What was your favorite trip you've ever taken? Uh, Turks and Caicos. And I went just uh, last spring and I went there on a business retreat. Awesome. Um, What was the foundation of the business retreat without? Yeah. So I actually went there with my business mentor and it was a, a mastermind that we actually started on a retreat. And I think what made it so powerful was that I have always been in coaching programs where I've always, um, I've always been kind of like the leader. And I went to this retreat where I was the least impressive person there. And so what made it so magical was that I was expanded and my mind was expanded and my relationships were expanded and the way that I thought was expanded. And not only was I expanded, but I was in like the beautiful place of Turks and Caicos. So it was just super, super, super expanding while I was there. And I got to experience Turks and Caicos. That sounds amazing. And especially whenever I think we grow the most whenever we are put into a situation where we actually don't know as much. And, you know, we've got um, somebody made the comment and stuff the last one, last podcast and everything that knowing is the enemy of learning. Mm-hmm. And so because we know so much in a world of business or we know so much in the world of strategy and things like that, to be put into a situation where you actually get to learn again, yeah. it really is exciting because you get to 
really kind of have that, um, that new excitement that a lot of your clients get whenever they start working with you. It is so true. And even since then, even any program that I've joined, any mastermind, I should say, I've taken that same initiative and I've been like, I want to be in rooms where everybody else is so much farther ahead of me because that's how I'm going to grow. Because before I was joining masterminds where I was like the top dog. I'm like, this is fun because everybody like, I'm like the cool person in the group. And now I join the masterminds where I'm like the least impressive person there. And once I get in, I'm like mind blown by what's possible by the other people in the room. Yeah, that I've heard so many people who um, like you have made six figures and above that have made those comments that the, the, you really evaluate it's part of the, you know, five people that you hang around with the most type thing and stuff, but you really evaluate with the people that you're actually looking to and making sure that they're doing better off than you. And if they're Absolutely. doing better off than you, then that actually gives you something to strive for. But that evaluation may need to take place on a regular basis so that you actually can keep improving. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's so true. Even like with mentors and coaches, like I feel like it's totally okay to outgrow coaches and mentors because you always want to be like going bigger, right? Going to that next thing that's going to expand you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, and that's good for a coach person to say and stuff too, but just from the person that actually takes the classes, you know, if I, if that person has served me for what I've gotten out of them, then moving on to somebody else and not having, and I know guilt is a chosen feeling, but still we often feel guilty that we have that. I need to stay with this person. I need to continue. I need to, you know, I have this obligation kind of and stuff to still be with them, but really as a manager, whenever I was a manager training employees, my goal was to build them up to where they could take over my position. And I think yeah. that's what a lot of coaches want too, is for you to be able to take over. And once you can take over, you do need to move on and you do need to actually get some other people. Yeah. So true. So, so, so true. All right. Next number. Number three. All right. Number three. What is your favorite food? Macaroni and cheese. This is so funny. I've been on so many podcasts and every podcast is asking what my favorite food is this week. <laughs> Okay, you picked it. <laughs> yeah, I like. Yeah, it's so crazy. I'm like, everyone in the whole world should know what my favorite food is by now. It's macaroni and cheese. Well, the universe is definitely making sure that your food of macaroni and yeah, cheese. Yeah, everyone now, knows that I love macaroni and cheese now. How do you do the macaroni and cheese though? Is it like box craft macaroni oh, yeah. and cheese? It's like it's like box, um, you know, craft Velveeta, whatever is available at the store. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a cook at all. Well, it's funny because it's like, I used to say that I love macaroni and cheese, but then I actually started trying it in different restaurants and things like that. And I really didn't like it at the time. And I only wanted it like from the box, but I found out it was actually because of the way that the pasta was cooked. And I always undercook my pasta and make sure that it's al dente. And in the stores or in restaurants and stuff, a lot of times they overcook their pasta. Mm -hmm. So their macaroni and cheese doesn't taste as good to me because it's overcooked pasta. Yeah. So it actually had came down to overcooked pasta more than the cheese sauce itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do not like like homemade macaroni and cheese. I don't like gourmet macaroni and cheese. I'm like straight like blue box macaroni and cheese. Yep. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> and that you've had it all week long. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I'm on, I'm on a I'm on a I'm on a uh, a podcast tour right now. I'm doing 60 podcasts in 60 days. Oh my god! Every pot, yeah, every podcast that I've been on, they've asked me like, "What's your favorite food?" It's so random. <laughs> That's <laughs> <like>, so funny. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next number. How about 44? 
All right. So 44, we're going to go a little bit deeper into this. Figured. Um, what underrated tool or tools are indispensable for your job? Hmm. A team. I would say a team having the right people are absolutely like crucial for growth, for business, for any, anything that you need to do. I think having a team are, is the most important thing. With your team, who would you recommend as your first, like the first hire? So when I first started hiring, I said, what can I take off of my plate that's doing one of two things, not making me money or not making me, bringing me joy. Mm-hmm. So those were the first two things. And I started out, I started out easy, right? I, I, hired a, I hired a VA first because when you're growing and scaling, sometimes it's scary to, t- to delegate some of that stuff. So my first hire was a VA, just a virtual assistant. You know, then I said, I need a couple of virtual assistants. Then it was an online business manager. You know, then I brought in a, a, a fractional CFO into my business, but it's always about also hiring for where you're going. And I find that a lot of people don't hire until it's too late. They're in the trenches, they're overworked, they're burnt out. So it's like, what's the business that you're looking to build and hire for that first? And then that'll pave the way for where you're going. And then a lot of that, if you are so overworked to the point where you're waiting to hire at that point, you're also too overworked to be able to train that person. So then at that point, you're not even going to have the time to, it takes you more time to train at that point because you've got so many processes and policies and procedures and everything else that's so out of whack that the it's hard to get people to actually be, get on board with you basically. Yep. And the same thing that I do, even like when I hire my, my mentors, I never hire based on price. So even if like, you know, one VA is $7 and one VA is $70, I never base my coaching, my mentors or my help based on price. Because again, turnover is going to be a thing as mm-hmm. standard, standard operating procedures are going to be a thing retraining them. That's time and energy off of me. So it's like, I never, ever base it on that. It's like, I see who do I need in my business? What are the gaps and who's best going to fill it? When you're interviewing, and this is not one of the questions. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I didn't pick this number. I get to go off the rails too. When you're interviewing and you're trying to actually find those better people and stuff, how do you gauge that? I mean, like there's a lot of people are like, I only want to take from referrals or Mm -hmm. I only want to see like the person's, you know, portfolio type thing and stuff. How do you gauge when you're interviewing who might be that better person to work for you versus everybody else? Because there's so many people doing the same job. One thing I think it's important to find like who's a good energetic match for you. And I know I've talked about energy a few times, which is funny because I'm not like an energetic person, but it's like, for an example, like I have a very dominating personality. So I know that like my teammates can't have that same energy. So I first look at like energetically, who do I need in my business? Do I need someone that's going to balance me out? Do I need someone that's more of an action taker? So I look at like personality types first before I even look at people. So like for me in my own business, all three of my teammates are the opposite personalities of me. They're super calm. They're super organized. um, They're really good at keeping me on task. If I had like three of me, we would just be like total chaotic all the time. So I look at like, what's the personality that I need in my business? Then I do go off of referrals, but interestingly enough, all three people that I have in my business were clients of mine that came through my program. I saw something really good in them 
whether it was like one was a, a finance person, one was an operations person. And then I actually brought them through my programs and then brought them into my teams. So they at least know that actually kind of works out really well because they know exactly what's going on with your program and with your you know co- business yeah. itself. And yeah. they can actually kind of help you because they've been through it. Yeah. My, uh, my online business manager, it's like, this is like, I love this story. My inline, my online business manager was one of the first people I ever met online. She was one of the very first people to ever join my Facebook group. So she literally has been with me from day one. She like saw me start a Facebook group. She joined my first coaching program. She joined four other programs after that. She became a one-on-one client of mine. We birthed her business as like a fractional CFO. And then I loved her business. So then I hired her to come onto my team. But she like literally saw me from like day one up till now. So she knows everything. She's been your super fan along the way. And that's that too. Not only is she my business, but she's a super fan. Yeah. And so that makes it really neat and stuff because there's a totally different um, persona that ends up being there and stuff because then she'll, she's going to like a lot of what you end up saying, but she also feels that she can give you the truth whenever it comes down to it. And yeah. so that's definitely an important person to have in your business. Yeah. And it's like, I'm looking for like teammates. I'm not looking for task, task people. So that's the other thing too. It's like, are you hiring just for someone to take tasks off of your plate? Or are you looking for like real teammates? That's, you know, that's the difference too. And yeah. there's, there, I think there's a time and a place for both. There is. All right. Next number. Seven. All right, going up to seven. We may get all the way through 15. <laughs> what is the best compliment that you've ever gotten? Your energy is contagious. It's probably would, one of my favorites. I would say that your energy is definitely contagious. <laughs> I like, you have that like positivity glow type thing of, it's, it's a very attractive, attracting energy. And so it draws people to you to want to actually hear more and be more and learn all from you, which makes for a really good coach. So. <laughs> makes for a really good sales coach too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. It's funny because people have actually hired me and they have said like, I don't even know if I need sales coaching, but I just want to be like in your energy. Like right. There's something about your energy or what about that? And again, people buy from people. So it's all about like, what are you putting out and making sure that that is a magnet for, for what you're putting out online. So, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering, like, I don't know why people aren't messaging me. I don't know why people don't want to work with me. Like energetically, again, energy, what are you putting out that is drawing people in? You know, is it a, is it a calm sense? Is it a nurturing sense? Is it a confident sense? Like, what is it? Because that magnet magnetism is what will actually draw your people to you. And the opposite works just like, you know, with magnetism, magnets work and stuff, and they can kind of repel. If you're repelling mm-hmm. and you're not getting people to actually accept your offer, you're not getting people to actually want to work with you. There's a lot of people, and I see it all the time and stuff, posting on the Facebook groups and everything of, you know, I've been doing this business for a year and I can't get anybody to accept me. I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, I've done that. And they're doing all the things, mm-hmm. but they're still not getting the results. Right. And so I know a lot of people do jump on it and stuff and say, well, what about your mindset? Mm-hmm. Are you thinking as you're posting, nobody's going to res- resonate with this anyway. 
Yeah. Then why nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna buy it from me. Nobody's gonna like my stuff. Who's gonna pay for my services? I can't find any paying clients. I'm frustrated with social media, like all of those things. That's exactly what happens. And energetically, that's what you're putting out. Right. I I had a girl right before we got on this podcast, I'm launching a program right now and she decided not to join it. And energetically, I had two ways I could respond. I could respond with like, oh, that's annoying. And I could be frustrated and I could send her one message that would have totally sent one way to her. Or I could have been like, Oh my gosh, I totally understand. My world is always open. When you're ready, I'd love to welcome you in. And guess what? That brought her a very different response back. Mm-hmm. So again, it's all about energy back and forth and how you, what you put out is absolutely what you get back in. And one of the things that I heard from a coach that I was in is just the world is big enough. There's plenty of people out there. Yes, there's plenty of people doing, you know, social media and virtual assisting and, you know, coaching and everything else and stuff but the world is big enough. You don't need every single person to resonate with you, but you do you couldn't even handle all of them. Actually, yeah. And, but you do need the people who actually you want to work with. And so it's okay to say, no, I don't want to work with you to people. It's mm-hmm. okay to not have like certain types and mm-hmm. having that ideal client in mind of this is for this person. And that person will eventually see your stuff. If you are consistent and you continue to post and you yeah. continue to be as active as what you're doing, but you need to be appealing to that type of person, not just posting because you're supposed to. Yeah. I mean, so many people have scarcity mindset in this space. I see it all the time in Facebook groups. Why are you commenting on my post? Or like, I put that on there. And I, I see people all the time. If 20 people responded, you couldn't even fill, you couldn't even take 20 new clients on. So it's like, calm down. Your people will find you. Your yeah. audience will find you. And even like in my own Facebook group, I allow people to self-promote. I have other sales coaches in there. I have other storytelling coaches in there. I have other branding coaches in there. And people are like, that's crazy. That's your group. And I'm like, if they want to work with them, I want them to go to them. Cause that means that they're not for me. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it means. I, that actually turned me away from a group today and stuff that I was looking at possibility of joining but the, they actually had the, you know, rules ahead of time and stuff. And I'm reading through the rules and she's like, if you are X, Y, Z, I don't want you in the, to promote in this group. And it was basically anything that would be in competition with her. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not in competition with her, but I still don't want that type of feeling as my leader in that group. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I do like IG lives with other sales coaches. I've been on like huge sales coaches podcasts and it's like, your people will find you. And again, if you have that scarcity mindset, you're actually putting it out way more than you think you are. Yeah. And it's, it is, I will say that it is a, it definitely is a mindset thing and mm-hmm. it's harder to get through than what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can get past it, then it can be worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even in sales, I mean, I'm a sales coach. I've been you know, sales coaching for 22 years. People want to work in my programs and they want to get right into sales. They want to get right into strategy. And I'm like, slow down. We are starting with mindset. And I'm not like a mindset coach, but there's so much of the sales process that starts with the mindset. And again, right there, like the scarcity right there, that's a huge part of the sales aspect of it. Yeah. I actually had a sales coach and she had her own mindset person and stuff in the coaching Mm -hmm. program. Yeah. His mindset was a completely extra day that was given and stuff in the program just because it is so important. Yeah, it's huge. Next number. 14. 14. 
what has been your least favorite job to date? Um, I actually worked at Subway for one day and I actually worked, <laughs> I worked there for one day and I actually worked during lunch hour and it was at a super busy Subway and all, it was like so busy and it was all these like men that came in like on their lunch break and it was just insane and I just could not handle the pressure. That was probably my worst job ever. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter worked at McDonald's for three months and oh we'll gosh. never eat at McDonald's again. <laughs> yeah. I give people in fast food, like so much credit. Yeah. Uh, fast food and retail. I give them so much credit. They've got a lot to deal with, especially mm -hmm. customer service based and trying to deal with all the people that come through. People are crazy. Yeah. And they're crazy over shopping and they're crazy over their French fries. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And another number. Uh, 37. All right. So what is one piece of advice you'd give to someone starting out in your career? Go all in on the one thing, make the one thing, the one thing. I think that so many people, whether it's entrepreneurship or corporate America or your side hustle or whatever, they're trying to like ride the pony half on half off and you have to go all in on something. So if you're going to go online, go all in. If you're going to start a network marketing business, go all in. If you're going to go into real estate, go all in and make the one thing, the one thing, because you cannot build seven houses at one time because the, yes, they will all get built, but you're going to waste so much time and energy. So going all in will be the game changer in most things that you do, but especially in business. I see so many people that are like, oh, I've been trying to, I just had this conversation with a girl yesterday in the DMs. She was like, oh, I really need to hire a mentor. I've been spinning my wheels for 10 years. I was like, you've been spinning your wheels for 10 years. And she's like, yeah, I just, you know, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. I'm like, that blows my mind. Go all in. Even if you go all in for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days and see what's possible when you do go all in. On all in, because I'm mm -hmm. going to dive a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by all in? Like be consistent, take action, show up. Um, don't, don't treat it like a side hustle. Don't, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try this side business out. I'm going to try this network marketing thing out. I'm going to post once in a while. I'm going to, you know, take what I learn and maybe put it into action. Like if you're going to go for something, go all in. I, I work with a ton of network marketers. This I see this all the time. They get the kit. They, they buy the product. And then they the first week, they're all in. Then the second week, they start to like fall off. Like, oh, I don't really know. Nobody's really messaging me. Then they go all in again. Then they back off. Then they start again. And then they back off. What would, what would happen if you went all in for four weeks and gave it everything that you had? You know, you were consistent. You were posting. You were getting on podcasts. You were on your IG stories. Like you were all in on why you said yes. And I promise you the results would be drastically different. Consistent action, mm -hmm. consistent follow-up. Mm -hmm. And do you think that the number of hours that a person works is going to make a difference? No, I don't think it matters how many hours you work if you are intentional about the hours that you work. So I actually have, a very successful business. You know, I do extremely well financially. I don't work that hard hourly, but when I do work, it's extremely intentional. So today I worked two hours, but I was massively productive in those two hours. I knew 
what podcast I was getting on, what podcast I was pitching, what type of content I was putting out, what my Instagram stories were going to be, who I was connecting with in Facebook groups. So it wasn't that I was like working for eight hours, like half working. Instead, I was two hours massively focused and in action. And I think a lot of times too, people come online or in network marketing or whatever, and they don't actually have a plan. So they're just like moving papers around or they're just kind of going through the motions, but they're not actually working. And that's another thing I work with my clients on is like, do you have a plan every day? Do you know what you're doing every day so that we can see like where, what's really moving the needle? The coach that I had before used to ask us, what are you doing that is actually money-making activities? Yep. hundred so, percent income, income producing activities. activities. Yeah. Yep. And so if you don't have those, or if you're, I mean, like, and I do, I look on Facebook and I start there and I start scrolling and then I think to myself, okay, what's the better way to attract these clients? Mm -hmm. Go into the group, go to the search bar, search for my common, you know, things and stuff that I need to search for, and then post on the different things versus scrolling constantly through every single group, through every single possibility of, you know, maybe I can help this person Mm -hmm. and helping is great. And I do still do that some and everything, but those intentional actions, if you're going to have a limited amount of time Mm -hmm. to actually make an impact, do it with intentional actions. A hundred percent. Like could not be more true. Okay. We're going to go for another number. 50. All right. 50. I'm nervous. (laughs) It's actually not as bad. Sweating. My palms are sweating. (laughs) What would you tell your younger self, your 18 to 21 year old self that would make a difference in who or where you are today? Oh my gosh, this is the best question ever because I met with my financial advisor today and he was like, (laughs) why did you not start saving money when you were like 18? So I would literally tell my younger self, start saving when you were younger, start putting money away when you were younger, Um, max out your 401k when you were younger, all of those things so that you were set up better when you were in your 40s, 45, late 30s. Um, that could not have been a better, better question for today. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny, as you mentioned that and stuff, I recently gave a leadership conference a breakout session and it was a how to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. And it was to a bunch of college students and everything. And the college student that I had in there, she actually was that 19, 20 year old and stuff that was in there. And I'm like, invest, invest with somebody who knows what they're doing and invest right now because it's never going to get any better for you than currently, you know, right now. My husband said, I would tell myself to invest in Apple and if Bitcoin comes along, jump on it. (laughs) Jump on it. Yeah. Yeah. It was eye-opening today. That's for sure. It's like, you know, you're in corporate for 22 years, you're making, you know, six figures for almost all of it. And then you go to a financial advisor and they're like, where's all your money? What have you been doing? And you're like, I don't really know. I mean, it was a, it was, it was a very depressing conversation today. If I, if I was a drinker, I probably would have had like a bottle of wine today after that conversation. Yeah. Well, and then I know I, it drives me crazy to go to people like that and everything. Cause I do want to spend my money the way I want to spend my money, but I also know that I need to have money later on in life yeah. too. But it just, those little things and stuff that kind of you know, what are you doing with your money? No matter how much money I've ever made, it's never been enough, which I understand is a mindset thing, <laughs> but 
it does seem like you just spend it. And even if you're spending it with putting it into same savings or investing and things like that and stuff, it's never necessarily just right there in the bank account. I told my husband, every time I look at the bank account, it freaks me out because I want to see more. I want to see more. Have like four or five different bank accounts. So yeah, I know. <laughs> I get it. I definitely get it. That was a perfect conversation for today. <laughs> uh, let's jump to one now. Cause that was, a, that was a tough conversation. Okay. So one is what do people misunderstand about you the most? Oh, my personality. Um, so I have a very, um, like no BS way about me. So I always say people either love me or they are not a fan of me, which I'm a hundred percent okay with. Like I, that is who I am as a person. That's who I've always been. Um, but yeah, I would say people either really love me or they're not a fan of me but people hire me because of my personality. And I've been called like the no BS coach. I've been called like the real mentor um, because I will absolutely give it to people like straight. And that's a lot of what people need. Um, there's a lot of people in this space that are very fluffy and will just tell people what they want. And I will tell people all the time, like, this is why you're not making money. This is why people aren't paying you. This is why you can't close a sale. Um, so I think that tough love a lot of people misunderstand it, but a lot of people actually like really appreciate it. And I would say more people appreciate it because I have a very successful business. Yeah. Well, and the people that know that they need to grow, yeah, they're going to appreciate it. Yeah. I did a rant last week on my social media stories. Um, and I was just on like a total rant about, you know, if you were in corporate America and you were trying to work two hours a day and make six figures, like you would never be able to make it. And that rant alone brought me three new one-on-one -on -one clients because people were like, we need someone like you in our business because we, we don't have anyone who's like holding, holding our, you know, butt to the fire. They're like, we literally need someone like you. And I was like, perfect. Like, let's roll. So it's like the people that need it, see it right away. And they're like, we need her. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Thanks. Um, I'm going to jump to the four questions because I can get lengthy possibly. Um, what are three other podcasts, movies, or books that you would recommend to my audience and why? So I love the book, uh, secrets of a millionaire mindset. One of my favorites. I think it's just a great book that everyone should read, whether you're an online coach, a business owner, network marketer, it's just a great book. It's a very easy book. Um, so I read it, you know, probably a couple of times a year. It's a great book. Um, another podcast that I love is actually from one of my mentors, uh, the Chris Harder show. Um, he talks about all things, business, money, mindset. He does a lot of episodes with his wife, Lori Harder, um, which I'm assuming if you guys are entrepreneurs, you know who they are. It's a great, great, great podcast. I was also on it. So check out that episode. Um, <laughs> but that is a great podcast. And then I would say another book that is really good. It's actually right next to me because I'm actually doing a talk tomorrow and I pulled a couple notes is actually called Selling Boldly. And it's about really shifting your mindset about selling like with confidence, but selling boldly. And really being like so bold in what it is that you do that people, again, are very attracted to it, not in like an arrogant way, but your boldness is what people really like resonate with. And again, it's one of my favorites. It's how I sell. Um, so I, I love that one. Yeah, it's definitely that confidence that comes with knowing that you have what it takes to be able to help that person. Absolutely. What's one question you wish I had asked you? And how would you have answered it? I would say one question I wish you would have asked me was what is the, why do you feel it's important to invest in yourself for growth? 
and I would have answered it in, I see so many people spinning their wheels and trying to figure it out on their own and they're throwing spaghetti against the wall and they're Googling it and they're just really wasting time and energy. And time is a non-renewable resource, but you can always make money. We just talked about this, right? You can always make money. So find someone who has a business that you want to emulate. Find someone who has done it and then invest in them. Whether it's a trainer at the gym or it's a business coach, there is such power in investing in people that are ahead of you because what it does is it collapses time. It gets you to the goal quicker. I've had the same business mentor for 18 months and my business would never be where it's at today without her. And again, she was, you know, she's an over a six figure a year investment for me. She's a huge investment. My financial advisor today, that was a red flag for him. But what I said was my business would not be where it is without her because again, she has collapsed time for me versus me trying to figure it out on my own. Right. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things and stuff with, um, I'm reading Tim Ferriss's, um, try or not tribe of Titans, tools of Titans. Yeah. And he makes the comment. One of the reasons why he does what he does and interviews the people he does and does the podcast and things like that is it shortens the time period that it takes for him to be able to become an expert. Mm -hmm. So if you interview the person that's already been doing it for 40 years, or that's already been doing it for the 40 hours type things and stuff, then you now get their information. And now it doesn't take you 40 hours of doing something over and over again, or 40 weeks or any of that and stuff. You actually get that knowledge. And so it does shorten your time period of how long it takes you to accomplish things. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, I spent 22 years as a sales trainer in corporate. So you can literally work with me in a six-week container, a six-month container, or a 12-month container. Even if you did a 12-month container, think about 22 years of what I took to learn, and I'm collapsing it down to one year. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Like, it's mind-blowing to me that that's even a question for some people. I'd be like, sign me up, take my credit card. (laughs) But you've already done that 22 years, so you know exactly what you know, too. Mm Mm-hmm. What is one thing that you only tell your paid clients that you can share with us today? Oh, that's a good one. Um, Create very good boundaries for people coming into your world, even your paying clients. Do not let your clients walk all over you just because they're paying you. So, you know, you get a new client, you're super excited. Oh, you have access to me 24 seven. You can call me all hours of the day. No, 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 no. You set very strict boundaries from the very beginning because if the one, they will respect you and it'll save you so much energy. Um, just because a, a client messages you does not mean you need to like drop what you're doing and message them back. Like put very strict boundaries on it. Um, I say this all the time. Like we are not saving lives. There's nobody dying on our watch. We are not operating on people. They can wait. Like my phone's been blowing up while I'm on this podcast. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not stopping the podcast and answering them. They can all wait. And a lot of them will probably wait until tomorrow. And that's absolutely okay. Yeah. And I've heard that from my current coach and stuff as well, is that Mm -hmm. setting those boundaries is important for your own health and for your Mm -hmm. own self uh, sanity, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as for your business and being able to actually know that, you know, your business is being run like a business. Most businesses aren't open 24 seven. So yours doesn't need to be either. No, I love that. I've actually never used that line. Like businesses aren't open 24 seven, but it's so true. I mean, 
I have like one of my offers is like people can text me. It's like a text coaching and it's Monday through Friday. And, you know, yesterday I had a girl, you know, texting me all day. And I thought to myself, I should not be answering her. If I was Starbucks and I was closed, you could not get coffee right now. So I love how you just kind of worded that because that's pretty much very, very true. Right. So at the end of this, um, what would you like to leave the listeners with? I would love to leave the listeners with sales is the oxygen of your business. So be confident in what it is that you sell. Be sold on what it is that you sell. Be energetically excited about what it is that you sell. Because if you don't sell, you don't have a business. So remember that sales is truly the oxygen, the oxygen of your business. So go out there, sell, be confident about it. Be your first sale. I say it to all my clients, like be your first sale. Be so excited about what it is that you're selling. And I promise you, the world will be magnets to what it is that you have. And we will be having all of your contact information and stuff included with the podcast. Thank you so much, Jillian, for being on the episode. Thank you for having me.